Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pulpit Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with you, as always, with my good buddy Richelle to break down the end of the preseason, the roster cuts, the Giants game. All that happened over the past 24 to 48 hours in the NFL and the Patriots nation. Uh, as no shocker to all of us, or as a shocker to all of us, the Patriots shocked all of us. That's kind of what they do around this time every year. But first off, before we get to that, decorum and courtesy call for me to ask. Rich, how are you, man? Oh, I am good. I am very excited. just have a very normal, low-key final week of the NFL preseason, heading into the, the regular season without any surprises whatsoever. <laughs> a very, very standard, non-interesting sort of time frame for New England. Uh, Alec, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, you know, I, I always find this week, this last week of August, this pre-Labor Day lull is always a really good time to just take some time off, to relax. The fall, usually things pick up for work and school and everything, kind of things get back to normal, quote-unquote normal in the fall. So I always really like to take this last week to just chill out. But, of course, I can't do that this week because the Patriots, in true Belichick fashion in a lot of ways, shocked the world yesterday when they cut Cam Newton and announced Mac Jones is the starter. Uh, I did not see this coming, but I guess the fact that I didn't see this coming means I should have seen this coming, but... In terms of just the preseason, the decision to start Cam over Mac in various games, the the reps, how each guy looked, this is an absolute mind-blowing move to me. Oh, it's shocking. It is absolutely shocking that the Patriots went with a rookie over veteran because it's very, very rare that Belichick ever does that. I, I think you could probably count just a handful of times where Bill Belichick drafted a player, uh, and then had them unseat the incumbent just in opening week. I, I think there's a few that may have done it. You know, Devin McCourty is one that comes to mind. Uh, but mo- oftentimes, the even first-round rookies will take some time either in a rotation, which you can't really do at the quarterback position, but spend some time with the team first before getting to be the starter on the field. And Bill Belichick's jumping into this one with, with both feet. And my question to you, Alec, is uh, there was a preseason game that happened um, that I think has been very much overshadowed by all of these different roster moves as the Patriots had to get down to their final and uh, initial roster for the regular season. But the Patriots beat the Giants 22-20. to uh, As you said, Cam Newton opened up the game with the starters before Mac Jones took over. Did Mac do anything during the game that led you to think that he won the starting job that game against the Giants? That game, 
No, but I do think Mac Jones continued to be consistent in his reads and his looks and his mechanics. I, I thought he, you know, as if there was a, an audition for the starting job that began in, say, mid to late July and ended with that Giants game, I think he crushed the audition. But the fact that Cam Newton had, I think he, was, he had five reps with the starting unit and then he sat and then Mac Jones was out there. I don't think Mac Jones got a rep with any of the, the quote unquote real starters that entire game. I thought it was just a, a great way for him to close out the preseason say, listen, if you need me, I'm ready. I got this. Uh, Cam is your guy. But, no, I didn't say anything in particular. Not, not, I'm saying Mac did poorly, and I'm, I'm very happy for him, and I'm just like to see what he can bring to the table. But I don't think it's like there was this epic QB competition, and Mac Jones just clearly blew Cam Newton out of the water and just proved to the world that he's just the better guy. I don't think that happened at all. Do you? No, I don't at all either. I mean, I think you look at all of the evaluations, you know, pro football focus looks at each individual snap. Mac Jones put together the best preseason by any rookie quarterback since they've been tracking the preseason in 2011. So over the past decade, Mac Jones had the best preseason for any rookie quarterback, you know, better than Patrick Mahomes, better than Lamar Jackson, better than any of them. Uh, he, he had the best one. So I think he did play very well. But Cam Newton didn't play poorly. Cam Newton showed that he still had, uh, you know, he's a much better now than he was last season. Uh, but I, I think that there was enough, as you said, the audition didn't start during the actual games. It was a whole summer sort of situation. And with Cam Newton, uh, you know, we talked about this on our last podcast. There was that question mark and shadow over his head of availability if he's not going to get vaccinated. And also, that's not something Bill Belichick will go for. You know, Bill Belichick's number one thing is the best ability you could have is availability. And Mac Jones has shown that he can show up every single time, every single camp. Uh, you know, he's going to be there for the team. And that sort of accountability and reliability is what put him over the top in my mind. And he showed that all summer long. That may well be the case, man. You know, just if there's a, a wonder if, if Cam Newton won't be able to start for whatever reason and they find out on Thursday or Friday after they've installed the game plan, they had to factor in in some capacity. I also might think, Richel, that since I personally don't think 2021 is the year the Patriots go back to the Super Bowl and they're going to need to have another year or two of reinstalling the offense, rebuilding, getting the chemistry going, et cetera, why not go with Mac Jones now? He's done enough to show he can start. They're not going to go 0-17. Get him in there, start installing the offense. And I imagine an offense built around Mac Jones looks different than one built around Cam Newton due to the various skill sets. So he's not going to be a disaster. So why not get a year leap on the kind of quote-unquote rebuild and just get after it? That's what I think might happen as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Mac could get the team in a place to compete sooner than people expect, but I also agree. I don't, I don't think anyone would expect a team led by a rookie quarterback to be a contender. Uh, so I, I think where the Patriots are is, you know, look back to 2001, Bill Belichick's second year with the team. They had a strong rushing attack. They had a solid offensive line. Uh, and they had enough talent around a young quarterback that they could succeed and compete. And I, I think that's where they're going to look at this year, is that they have one of the top three offensive lines in the entire league. They're all outstanding at every single position. They have one of the best running games in the entire league. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a throwback to, you know, I think it was like 2008 with Matt Castle, and I want to say 2009 when they had like the Fred Taylor, Sammy Morris, like Kevin Falk, uh, and probably like Lamont Jordan or something like that backfield where each of them had like 400 to 600 yards from scrimmage. And I think that this is a team that has enough players that they can carry a young player 
where he doesn't have to be the guy, but he'll have the opportunity to become the guy. And I, I think that putting him out onto the field without the specter of having Cam Newton, who everyone on the roster loves, who could do a solid job bringing the Patriots to a 9-7 and seven sort of record, without having him behind him kind of putting pressure, you know? So you're going to have Brian Hoyer likely to return to the roster, which we'll break down later, where he will likely back up Mac Jones. And Jones will be the starter. Hoyer will be the the player coach. And the Patriots are going to run with this quarterback and not have to worry about any sort of internal conflict of, uh, you know, are we going to bench him in the way that the Miami Dolphins had last year when they had Tua as well as Ryan Fitzpatrick. And whenever Tua struggled, people were like, why not put in Fitzpatrick? We're not going to have that issue here no we're not i can't imagine we'll have anybody in patriot nation being like mac jones sucks put in brian hoyer we're probably not going to hear that uh also <laughs> to your point rich you talked about the running backs which are which are they've done a ph- phenomenal things this this preseason so i can talk about them with the addition of jj taylor who made the roster offensive line easily top five definitely probably top three in the conversation and also the two best tight ends in free agency and hunter henry and johnny smith uh, Matt Lacoste no longer on the team. They're going to break that down in a minute. But uh, the fact that they have running backs, they have an offensive line, they have good tight ends, you can't ask for much more for a rookie quarterback than those three positions really short up. He's not going to be asked to do a lot. Those who were around in 2001, if you're actually alive back then, all the way back in the Tom Brady kind of quote-unquote rookie season when his first time actually getting any starts, he didn't do a whole lot with his arm. He ran the ball a lot. They're lighting the defense. They got him acclimated. So Bill Belichick has done this before. And if there's a, a roster out there that is well-suited for a rookie quarterback who's not going to need to go five wide and make reads and kick, kicks the hot route, it's going to be the Patriots with Mac Jones. Because, honestly, based on the receivers that the Patriots have, there's not really a, a game-breaking number one elite guy out there. Jacoby Myers is a legit slot receiver, but he's not like a you know Julio Jones kind of number one guy. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of runs, a lot of tight ends involved, tight end screens, tight end goes, tight end posts, which Mac Jones can do. And uh, I'm psyched to see what he can bring to the table. However, yeah. buddy, um, is there anything else? You know, we talk a lot about Mac Jones and Cam Newton, that obviously is the number one storyline, possibly in the NFL right now. But was there anything else you saw in that Giants game other than the Mac Jones-Cam Newton battle, which is now over, that we can really take away from this kind of thing? Is there anybody in particular that, that maybe played his way onto the team with those final couple of roster spots in that Giants game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say that there were two players in particular that jump out to me as it relates to uh, winning a roster spot, or maybe even three, I would say. First one, staying on the offensive side. You mentioned all of the different talented players that uh, Mac Jones will have to throw to. Devin Asiasi is someone who I thought won a roster spot against the Giants. So he was playing tight end. He, as we've mentioned, hasn't done a lot with the Patriots during this preseason. He also was someone who was returning from COVID. And so he had to have like kind of a slower development as he got up to speed, as he shook off, uh, you know, the, the fog that all of these players mentioned. And he had his best game as a member of the Patriots. Four catches on four targets for 64 yards. Uh, he was very reliable out there. And I thought that his performance allowed the Patriots to say, okay, we're going to move away from Matt Lacoste. We have our top trio of tight ends, and we think Asiasi has enough potential to keep 
uh, developing him moving forward. So he's my one on offense, and I, I have two on defense as well. I think Harvey Lange won a roster spot, uh, in part because Raquan McMillan is out with it on the injured reserve. Um, but I, I think that Lange showed that he can be a, both a core special teams player as well as a reliable backup linebacker. And this has been kind of an all preseason sort of thing. But he really, uh, you know, the Patriots put Anthony Jennings on the injured reserve as well. And I, I think that the Patriots uh, feel comfortable moving forward with uh, you know, Lange as one of the top backups at linebacker. And then at the cornerback spot, uh, kind of a surprise here for a lot of us, Jojuan Williams. I, I think Jojuan yeah. Williams won a roster spot by outplaying D Virgin and Michael Jackson uh, and, and uh, you know, Miles Bryant as well. If we're, if we're talking about people who are no longer on the roster, uh, but Bryant didn't really play or because he's limited with his injury. But I thought Joe John Williams has played well enough this preseason to outright win that final roster spot at the cornerback position, not because he's a former second-round pick, uh, but because he was better than the players he was competing against. I'll tell you, Rich, you know, if you look at the uh, – Pat's Pulpit has a great breakdown of the cuts, the trades, who got waived, the analysis. So definitely check it out if you haven't yet. They're totally comprehensive, very easy to access. Um, just looking at the guys that, that didn't make the team that I thought had a pretty decent – decent preseasons um you know christian wilkerson is a good example i think he had a, a, a pretty solid preseason as much as one can for a for a rookie uh, i thought miles bryant you know was a good candidate but again his injury probably probably uh, tripped him up uh but one guy i want to talk about um i talk about michael jackson but we all saw that coming and you've all been spared a season of jokes but um one thing that i want to talk about with this these cuts that kind of maybe the second biggest shocker uh, it's a distant, distant second, given the fact that Cam Newton lost the starting job to Mac Jones. But I personally did not see undrafted free agent Quinn Nordine winning the kicking job from Nick Folk. Did you see that coming? I was shocked by that. Um, absolutely shocked. I think this, uh, you know, honestly, I, you know, when the Patriots got Jake Bailey and he took the spot from Ryan Allen, I feel like part of me was just like, but Ryan Allen was so good. Why would you go for Jake Bailey? I, and then Bailey came out and was just undeniably the better player, both with from a place kicker standpoint and a punter's perspective. So it made sense from that decision. We didn't necessarily see that from Nordine. You know, he had multiple misses out there. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't perfect by any means. Uh, you know, Nordine was six of eight on field goals and four of seven on extra points. So that's not like super great. <laughs> but I, I think that uh, Folk has always been reliable but you know where his ceiling is he's not going to make any field goals beyond 42 yards that's just not what he's capable of doing anymore and I think that the Patriots saw a lot more consistency out of Nordine earlier in the offseason and to be quite frank Folk probably isn't going to go anywhere so if Nordine is struggling over the first three or four weeks of the season I wouldn't be surprised if Folk came back and so you might as well roll with Nordine see what he can do uh, and, and then if it doesn't work out you can always go back to Folk and try again later so you are of the opinion that Nick Folk will not be picked up by another roster somewhere else? I would be surprised. I, I think that there have been multiple camp opportunities with other teams, I think with the Ravens and I think one or two other teams where they've had really good kickers out there that are young and fresh out of college that were pushing someone. Um, but, you know, with the case of the Ravens, they're just not better than Justin Tucker, who's the best kicker in league history. So it, it's just... Uh, a situation where I don't think Folk is as desirable as some of the other players that are definitely younger with more upside. How about this, Rich Hill? And we're talking about this. Is there anybody that maybe wasn't necessarily a surprise cut just based on how they played or just the, the, the amount of depth their position is, couldn't quite squeeze their way into the roster? But 
you know, in my personal opinion, Brian Hoyer, as you mentioned, will be back in the Patriots uniform. There's just no way they're going to go with one quarterback in the entire roster that's a rookie. They have to do some things, move some guys around, make some room for maybe some IR candidates or whatever to bring other players back in. Is there anybody else, in your opinion, that got cut, released, or waived, et cetera, that you think we back pretty soon? Yeah, I mean, you, you touched on some of them, too. I would not be surprised if Miles Bryan, Christian Wilkerson, Isaiah Zuber, and D'Angelo Ross wound up on the Patriots practice squad. I also wouldn't be surprised if they were landing somewhere else on the actual active roster, because I think that they've showed enough to at least get one of those final roster spots for a different team. Uh, but I, I think they're all likely to come back. One name that we haven't mentioned uh, is Adrian Colbert. I, I thought that he had a very good preseason. I thought that he uh, showed up well at the safety spot. He was a dynamic player. He definitely is on the older side, so he's not getting that same young player sort of uh, freedom of opportunity. But I thought that he did enough that he was worth considering keeping. Uh, but it just turns out that there aren't enough roster spots, to be frank, in the defensive back room uh, for him to be able to make it. The Patriots felt comfortable with their depth at safety with McCourty, Adrian Phillips, and Kyle Duggar. Uh, and Cody Davis was that last safety who is also that core special teamer. And so Davis was competing against Colbert for that last safety spot. Davis had experience on the team, and I think that's why the Patriots went in that direction. Yeah, that makes sense. Again, practice squad, you have to be filled out still. There's always going to be some some guys in the practice squad. Hopefully my boy Bill Murray makes it back on because Bill Murray and Michael Jackson both losing a roster spot the same day. Hit deep. But uh, that's just my own personal problem, not yours, Rich Hill. On the flip side of that, is there anybody you were a little surprised actually made the roster? Someone that really didn't do enough, in your opinion, to, to earn a spot that ended up sneaking in? Yeah, there, there was uh, one uh, that really jumped out to me, and that was Henry Anderson on the defensive line. He was someone that was playing with the final string players in that final preseason game. In his defense, Bill Belichick mentioned like offhand during one of his interviews that Anderson's a supremely unique player because of his ability to play anywhere from the zero technique to the nine technique. So lining up over the nose uh, directly across from the center or outside of the tight end. And he said there's not a lot of players that can do that. And so Belichick really likes the versatility he provides. But I just didn't see enough from him that I thought really warranted him getting a roster spot where, you know, the Patriots are already pretty good on the interior with Lawrence Scott. Devon Godshaw, Carl Davis, and Christian Barmore. So they have four really good defensive tackles. And Henry Anderson is of that mold. He's definitely of that bigger side. So keeping five defensive linemen is more surprising to me, uh, especially when they could have kept one of those younger players with a little bit more upside because Anderson's also older. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked by him, too. Like, I don't really remember him doing much of anything in the in the preseason. I know he was on the team. Obviously. He's a big guy. He's like 6'7". 300 pounds so maybe there's some size advantage there in terms of being difficult to move and maybe he's some kind of just like goal line run stuffing package guy but um yeah i'll be curious to see how much if at all they, they utilize him and i'm very curious to see what the defense is going to do for their kind of base package if they even have a base package in 2021 because there's just so much versatility and talent and a lot of uh, defensive linemen that can also kind of play as linebackers if they need to uh, speaking of linebackers or defensive linemen that are kind of linebacker hybrids, one guy that saw time very late in the game was Chase Winovich, which mm -hmm. led to some people speculating he'd be one of those surprise cuts or a kind of late offseason or early regular season trade. Some guy are looking to move at some point because he was been surpassed in the depth trap by other guys. Uh, do you see Chase Winovich sticking around, Rich Hill? A lot of people thought he was like a key member of the defense for a long time, got in the doghouse for a while been streaky 
Really, really talented guy, very high motor, played really well, but some folks see him as expendable and a possible trade target. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're wrong. I think that he he's the player that I really wish the Patriots could figure out how to utilize him most effectively because you look at this edge defender group, Matthew Judon is outstanding. Josh Uche <laughs> has been lights out. He has been someone who has definitely made that second-year leap, and so those two guys are likely going to be your starters. Uh, and then you add in Ronnie Perkins, who's a third-round pick this year, and Dietrich Wise, who the Patriots re-signed on an extension. You can also throw Kyle Van Noy into that mix because even though the Patriots have been asking him to play more off the ball next to Dante Hightower and Juwan Bentley, he was at his best in 2019 when he was up against that line of scrimmage uh, prior to him going and joining the Dolphins. And so Van Noy is also extremely good on the line of scrimmage. And so Chase Winovich is in a very, very crowded position. And I think his difficulty with getting playing time is that Bill Belichick thinks that these other players, thinking of Judon, thinking of Uche, thinking of Dietrich Wise, are better against the run. And so as a result, Belichick will not put Winovich on the field unless it's a very clear passing down situation, which doesn't make him expendable. I think he's amazing when he's allowed to go after the quarterback and he definitely thrives on the field i think that's just what's preventing him from being more of an every down kind of player and why he's not perceived as a starter and also why i think if, if he were a trade target i could see another team being like hey y'all aren't maximizing his skill set here because winovich can do more than just rush the passer and you guys are stacked on the edge so here's some compensation in order for us to kind of put winovich in a better position to succeed because we have more space on our depth chart or something like that so I don't think Winovich is at risk of losing his roster spot. I think he has a very clear and defined role as a sub-package pass rusher where he excels. I also wouldn't be surprised if some team was like, we could do more with him than you are. And so here's, say, like a fourth-round pick in 2023 uh, in order to take him off your hands. Yeah, he's kind of a fan favorite. People like the hair. They like the attitude and the energy he brings to the table. But, yeah, I mean, again, a lot of it might just be, you know, he missed a lot of time in preseason because of injury and rehabbing and whatnot. So maybe he wanted to get him maximum reps as possible. And as you mentioned, just the amount of versatility this team has, he definitely brings a very unique skill set to the table. The only thing that gives me pause is there are very few players on the Patriots, offense or defense, that really only do one thing. Right. If you're if you're a linebacker, you got to be able to cover well. You got to be able to be really smart. You got to be able to line up on the edge if you need to, or blitz if you need to. Running backs, most of them should be able to catch the ball really well. You know, there's not that many kind of skill positions where you have one defined job. And you're right. Right now, Winovich's one job is to to rush the passer, and it's third and twelve. He'll be on there to to get around the edge. He's very good at that. But it makes me wonder if if maybe just given how well Matthew Judon played, and you mentioned Josh Uche, we should talk about him a little bit because I'd love to know your take on what his role is going to be on the team going forward. Uh, I just I just worry that Chase Winovich might just not be uh, in the Patriot system versatile enough to to really really stand out that way. But again, it's a good problem to have. Cause like I just mentioned, there's just so much talent from secondary on back. Uh, start with secondary here, Rich Hill. Rich, uh, are you surprised Devon Gilmore's on the pup list to start the season? Did you see that coming? I think the longer we went into the preseason where Gilmore had not stepped onto the practice field, uh, the more likely and more inevitable this felt. And I think that once the Patriots traded for Sean Wade, 
uh, it became very clear that they weren't expecting Gilmore to be available early in the season. And so the Patriots are going to move forward. I think the projected starters are going to be J.C. Jackson across from Jalen Mills. You'll have Jonathan Jones coming in out of the slot. Uh, and then you also have Justin Bethel, who has some ability, as well as Joe John Williams as the guys, as the depth ones, where Wade can be that backup nickel player, uh, where he, he's kind of more developmental. And then when, you know, six weeks down the road, Gilmore might be able to return. I, I think that we just hadn't seen enough or anything honestly from Gilmore this offseason when you throw in like that contract conversation as well where he wanted the extension uh, or, or kind of just a, a reworking of his contract I don't think we saw enough uh, or anything to expect Gilmore to return yeah I'm with you a better pup than straight up IR or released or just the contract situation so I think he'll be back week six I agree with you again that's a good problem to add that with Stefan Gilmore the former defensive player of the year goes down and you have enough depth in the secondary, so it's not going to be some kind of crippling blow. Uh, obviously, the team is better with him on the team, but uh, you know it's not like there's a there's a massive hole courtesy of of J.C. Jackson and how well he's playing right now. Linebackers, Rich Hill. I just talked about Josh Uche, who you definitely are right. He's made that second year leap. He looks fantastic. Matthew Judon looks fantastic. You have Kyle Van Noy. You have a lot of players who are really versatile and they're good. Ronnie Perkins really flashed in the, in the preseason. Of course, Dante Hightower is back. Juwan Bentley, I think, is so much more comfortable in kind of the situational linebacker role as opposed to kind of taking up the green dot the way he had to last year. Who do you project as the the main starters for the Patriots? Tough question to ask given the kind of package versatility they have, but it's got to be Hightower, Judon, Van Noy. Are those your starting three linebackers? Yeah, I mean, I, I expect the Patriots to kind of continue with their bare front of, uh, you know, a 5-1-5 sort of defense, so including some of the linebackers at the line of scrimmage. And so I think Judon and Uche are going to be your starters on the outside, and Hightower is going to be your starter in the middle. Uh, and if they want to have four linebackers, depending on the package, Van Noy or Bentley can come on. Um, but I, I think that they have a solid rotation where I, I think that uh, if the Patriots want to have a four-man front, I think they could put Van Noy off the line in a way that I don't know if Matthew Judon could do but the the starters the three starters i would pick would be hightower judon and uche uh but they have really strong backups at each role they do and again this this is a weird conversation to have because the patriots are so specific in how they they roll packages out there so starters the page really just means like wasteful units out there on the very first down of of the game and after that it kind of all goes goes to hell uh front of the line rich you've got devon godshaw you got christian barmore who came on late dietrich wise had a new contract he's obviously part of the future lawrence guy who do you got as your starting defensive line? That's a great question. I mean, I, I think that Devon Godshaw and Lawrence Guy should be penciled in there. I haven't seen enough to distinguish Barmore versus Davis. I think that Barmore has been getting opportunities with the top unit, but I think that Davis has been standing out uh, when he's been getting his opportunities. So I wouldn't be surprised if Davis got the start earlier in the year and then Barmore gradually came into a larger role uh, in the back half of the season. That makes sense. Again, we'll... We'll see what happens. There's a lot of practices to be had still, and guys can still win the starting spot. Just because the roster is finalized does not mean that the team is officially kind of set in stone yet. But that's basically the defense, Rich. And, again, it's a pretty solid defense overall. And some of the guys that got cut, I feel like, in years past would have definitely made this Patriots roster. And it's a good problem to have. Some will probably be back. Some are going to be on other teams. Hopefully some practice squad candidates, uh, and it's going to be a good thing. So uh, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, break down the offense. One second. All right, we are back, and we just broke down the defense. Now the cut-down day is official. A surprise, which I talked about to begin the podcast, would be foolish not to talk about it first in the quarterback position. But from the offense perspective, Rich Hill, 
not a whole lot of shockers to me beyond the the Cam Newton cut. I feel like everybody who made the team, uh, I was not surprised they made the team. But uh, anybody in particular on the offensive side of the ball that you was a surprise cut for you besides Newton or a surprise make for you? Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of surprises. One was uh, cutting Christian Wilkerson. I thought that he had solidified enough time with that top unit and produced enough that he would get an opportunity. And perhaps if Nikhil Harry gets placed on the injured reserve, there will be space for Wilkerson to return. Um, But I thought losing him was something that I was a little bit surprised by. Um, But the other and only kind of real surprises were on the offensive line. Uh, And there was two things that really jumped out there. One was the Patriots made a trade. They acquired Yassir Durant. Uh, He's kind of a guard-tackle hybrid. Uh, Patriots acquired him from the Chiefs for a seventh-round pick. Uh, And so he is someone that made the initial roster. He's someone that the Patriots wanted to. some analysts had him as a third-round pick prospect, uh, but he went undrafted out of Missouri. And so he's someone that the Patriots like. Uh, he has some of that big size. He could develop into someone at six foot six, three thirty. He really fits the mold of what the Patriots are doing on the inside. But it's always going to be a little bit of a surprise when the, you make a trade prior to uh, making the final roster without getting time to see them in the preseason, right? Like you, you, we got to see Sean Wade in active time, so okay, fine. Yasir Durant is someone that the Patriots gave draft capital up just to see. Um, so I was surprised by that. And then the other one was uh, Yodney Kahuste, who made it as that swing tackle. He was a third-round pick out of West Virginia a couple years ago, hasn't been able to play due to injury, uh, but he made the active roster. And so good for him. Very excited to see what he's able to do. Um, but those are the two surprises on the offensive line for me. There are a lot of offensive linemen on the Patriots. A lot of very big, big men on this team. I feel bad for their chef keeping these guys all employed, but it's important because again, really excited about JJ Taylor making the roster, given the, the running back situation they've seen in the preseason. I think that I think Damian Harris is the starter. I imagine there are a lot of fantasy guys out there that are wondering if Damian Harris will be getting the carries between the tackles. And all of a sudden they'll bring in Ramondre Stevenson at the goal line and screw everybody over. But Based on what we've seen in the preseason, Rich, it seems like Damian Harris is the guy. They'll be spelling him out with Stevenson uh, for the running downs. James Wall is clearly your third down back. And then J.J. Taylor, I, think, I don't know if he's the next Deion Lewis. I don't know if I make that comparison. But I think Deion Lewis, Danny Woodhead, that kind of gadget play guy. James White doesn't really run the ball all that much. He does, but he's definitely more of a, a pass catcher than a pure running back. Uh, I think J.J. Taylor really offers the opportunity to to do both. He runs the ball very well. He can't control the backfield. He returns punts. I just wonder how much action this guy is going to see because when you have that kind of embarrassment of riches, uh, it makes me very curious to, to know whether it's going to be kind of like a lead, going to bell cow back, or if the Pats are going to keep everybody healthy by rotating them in and out. So what are your initial questions there? Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting about this positional group for the Patriots is how uh, individualized each player is. There, there's not a specific role. And we talked about this on our last podcast with uh, the Patriots and how they traded Sony Michelle. And I, I think that's where we are with the Patriots is that they have players with very unique skill sets. And so as you're mentioning with James White, he is that pass catching back. He is that third down blitz pickup, someone that you can rely on in the hurry up. So he's going to get that specific role. Uh, and no one's going to encroach on that. He's James White. He's the best in the league at it. The other three players, Damian Harris, I agree with you, is going to be the lead back. We've seen how the Patriots use that. Um, He's going to be the guy likely between the 20s. He's going to get a lot of the carries. He'll probably get some play closer to the goal line, but I don't imagine the Patriots are going to give him a lot of targets just because that's how Josh McDaniels calls his offense. 
On the flip side, you have Ramondre Stevenson, who in my mind is going to be a mix of that like LeGarrette Blunt short yardage kind of guy, as well as uh, a little bit of that Rex Burkhead, give him some of that play inside the 20. I think that the Patriots like what he's able to kind of bring to the table there. Um, and, 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 uh, just with that versatility. So that's kind of what I expect from them. And then you have JJ Taylor who, uh, running backs coach, Ivan fears has mentioned as being a little bit of a Dion Lewis light kind of player, a little bit of Danny Woodhead. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some of those opportunities as well. Uh, kind of either in between the twenties as the, another Rex Burkhead esque kind of guy. But he gives the Patriots some of that quickness that the other players don't have, a little bit of that pass-catching, pass-and-receiving uh, sort of flexibility that the other running backs uh, you know, have some capabilities with but haven't clearly stood out with. Um, so each one has a role. I would say that I would expect Damien Harris to get like 40% of the snaps uh, and then James White, J.J. Taylor, and uh, Ramondre Stevenson to get snaps based purely off of situation. I'll tell you, man, if this running game does what I hope it's going to do in 2021, that is going to make the play action so effective, especially because I think one of Mac Jones's strengths, one of the first things I saw seeing him take those first snaps against Washington was like, he's got a really nice play action. It's good mechanics. It's tight. He sells it well. Then he sets his feet and delivers. And there's nothing I would love to see more than a quick play action to a running back and then hitting Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith up the seam. We all know that play. The play action to Gronk up the scene was a staple of the Patriots for almost a full decade. I think the tight end is pretty set. We know what we have with them. We haven't seen them all on the field together, but I think the potential there is pretty, pretty high. With Smith and Henry as the starters, and Asiasi, as you mentioned, doing enough to stay on the roster, showing he's learning the offense. He can be that kind of extra wrinkle, the bigger tight end in the jumbo packages. Which leads me to think about the receivers. You know Jacoby Myers is the slot guy. Nikhil Harry, I think you're right, will probably start off on the short-term IR, which leaves – who as your number two receiver? Is it Gunnar Olszewski? Is it Nelson Aguilar, who hasn't really shown much? What's your what's your taking receiver room right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the way that the Patriots have it listed is that Aguilar will be that top guy across from Jacoby Myers. I also wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots went in a lot of one receiver sets with only Myers on the field with two tight ends, a fullback, and a running back uh, to kind of take some of the pressure and heat off of Mac Jones and kind of set up the play action. Um, but I think, I mean, honestly, as you said, Aglor hasn't done much during this preseason. He had two targets against the Giants, one catch for four yards, and that's been his entire preseason production. Uh, and then you have Kendrick Bourne, who had two catches for 36 yards over the whole preseason as well on four targets. So we haven't seen a lot out of that. Uh, and honestly, like outside of Jacoby Myers, we haven't seen a lot out of that wide receiver position other than from Christian Wilkerson. So that's why I was a little bit surprised that he didn't actually make the roster because he's been the lone super productive wide receiver uh, for the Patriots all preseason. And so uh, I, I think that Myers is the undeniable number one, but Bourne and Aguilar will get some play based off of situation where if they want to do home run pass, then it'll perhaps be Aguilar. If you're looking for more of a possession kind of play where you're just moving the sticks, then I could see Bourne on the field. One thing we do know, Rich, is that Mac Jones throws himself a very nice deep ball. So that could, who knows, that might be one of the better connections of the season. A deep pass from Aguilar to, to Mac Jones to Aguilar, who does, he's very fast, and he is a deep threat when he catches the ball. So we'll see what happens there. But it's really interesting, man. And this offense, it's wild, man. We are now in the very first day of September, and this Patriots offense looks nothing like I thought it was going to look at pretty much every single position come like February or January when this, this season officially ended. I'm like, all right, they're going to make some moves. Cam Newton's probably back next year. Maybe they're going to sign a receiver or two. 
Sonny Michel is going to go into a contract year. Like, there's literally nobody on this team that I thought would make contribution besides Jacoby Myers this time and, and say to December 2020. Oh, I totally agree. He, he and Damian Harris, uh, and like, you know, James White was a free agent. I kind of expected him to go down to yeah. Tampa to join Tom Brady and be closer to his family. So, uh, Harris and, and Myers were the only two that I was really expecting. Um, but yeah, and then you said the Patriots went out and gave the bag to two of these different tight ends, uh, as well as brought in two, you know, mid tier wide receiver prospects, uh, in, in Aguilar and Bourne. So we'll see how this team plays out. Alec, Based off of this final roster, are there any holes that you still see that the Patriots will have to fill other than obviously needing a backup quarterback? Yeah, backup quarterback for sure. They have a lot of depth at tight end. They have depth at O-line. I do think they might, depending on how things shake out, they might want to address the receiver position. But the only problem with that is receivers are not the kind, as we know all too well as Patriots fans, you can't just like bring in a receiver to the Patriots offense, no matter how good he is. Just ask... Chad Ocinco or Joey Galloway or Doug Gabriel or this laundry list of guys that have been productive elsewhere but can't quite pick the system up. And it's probably exacerbated by a rookie quarterback. You know, like if, if, if coming into like a Tom Brady-led offense, you can't pick that up. Maybe it's a scenario where they simplified it enough so it's not as hard for a receiver to pick up the offense. But uh, I'm willing to obviously give these guys a shot and see what they can do in terms of they produce. But, um, you know, if, if they can get a, a sufficient and efficient passing game, to supplement a solid run game and two very good tight ends, this could be a one of the better offenses in the NFL. It's a very, very big if given rookie quarterback and the question marks. But uh, there's not really a single receiver. Myers is good, but he's not a, you know, doesn't blow me out of the water. So if they want to address somebody and there's a receiver out there that's a good player that may be becoming available, that can be a fit for the team, uh, I can totally see them addressing that. But And maybe if they want to maybe bring back Matt Lacoste for some depth in the tight end position because it's kind of thin in terms of the, the, the depth of tight end skill set, they're great. But, um, you know, there's only three tight ends on the entire roster right now, and um, that, that might cause a problem should somebody get hurt. But other than that, man, I think they're I think they're pretty well set. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't see any super glaring holes. Uh, kind of a weakness on the secondary it will be fixed when Stephon Gilmore returns, so you can't really overstack that position because I think they've done everything in their power to kind of establish themselves. I could see them at the wide receiver position looking at some of the roster cuts, cuts once Nikhil Harry gets on the injured reserve. Uh, there's players like Brashad Perryman uh, of you know multiple different teams, but also Riley Ridley was cut by the Chicago Bears. Uh, I think that there could be some veteran wide receivers that are worth bringing in. Uh, you see the Packers cut uh, Equanimous St. Brown, who you know ha- as a rookie he actually did stand out well when they were giving him opportunities. He kind of just lost his spot to some other players that outplayed him, but he's kind of a big body that the Patriots could use out there, and so. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some wide receivers that found themselves on the free agent market just now that would be worth it for the Patriots to just kind of check, see if see if they can help it out, um, just because they do and could benefit from getting some extra help out there uh, in a way that, uh, you know, could fill a role for the Patriots as either a deep threat um, or someone who can just like take some of the pressure away from the middle of the field where the Patriots will undeniably rely on their top two tight ends and Jacoby Myers, as well as their running backs in the passing game, because everyone is kind of condensed to the middle of the field. So maybe a Robert Foster who kind of emerged uh, with the, the Buffalo Bills who spent some time with the Dolphins could be that type of a player worth kicking the tires on. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely not done making moves. There's a few more additions, subtraction going to happen between now and the first game on September 12th, which is going to be awesome. 
be kind of a week off now, a little bit. You enjoy Labor Day. You can chill out. But a week from tomorrow, Rich Hill, right? A week from Thursday, the game starts. Buccaneers Dallas. Is that is that right on my calendar? I believe so. I believe it is right around the corner. That is crazy. So even though the maybe the bulk of the whirlwind has passed, uh, there's still a lot more to break down here. I think there's gonna be a lot of fun things to talk about in this week and beyond. But the real good news, Rich Hill, is we maybe have another. I guess another five days or so of talking about roster moves and positional battles and all that. And then the next time you and I get on the airwaves, we can break down an actual pregame of an actual game. And we're going to see an actual season start with possibly actual fans. It's a wild time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm very excited to break it down with you. I'm sure there will still be many more moves on the way for the Patriots as the roster fully settles uh, to start the season. Uh, And we'll be here to break it down with y'all at Pat's pulpit. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on the 2021 preseason of the NFL? I promise you, Rich, your roster spot on the Pat Pulpit Podcast will always be safe. You're never going to be a surprise cut. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Alec. And until next time, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Better, man.